Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with Season 2 of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at YouTube.com slash MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me. Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify wh- your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, we're really excited to have Ryan Brazier today on the Bradford Show. Boom sauce. Are you a beer drinker? Uh, a little bit, yeah. All right. More, so- more of a, like, whiskey okay. type guy. So are you, if you guys... It's- one of our friends of the podcast is Lord Hobo Brewing Company, and they have a great IPA called Boom Sauce. And I just said, like, listen, Boom Sauce is, yeah, well, this is very well-timed with the national anthem going on in the background. That's okay. We'll power through. But Boom, I mean, how great is, like, yelling Boom Sauce, right? It's like, it's my, if I had a home run call, that would be my home run call. Yell it. Do it Boom Sauce. Boom Sauce? Yeah. Like, give me a Boom, give me, give me a home run call with Boom Sauce. <laughs> what way, you, way back, way back, way back. Boom sauce. Boom sauce. Oh, you don't see, you don't, you don't seem to be embracing the boom sauce like I embrace. I just, I'm not a big beer drinker. Like, if I do drink beer, it's like it would be, it, it would be boom sauce. I'm not even talking about the beer. I'm just talking about it's fun to say boom sauce. Boom anyway, sauce. is that like their? Yeah. Slogan or no, that's their that's oh, their that's main the beer. Beer. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Isn't it a great name for a beer? That's awesome. Yeah. Boom sauce. Yeah. So anyway, this is a bad way to start your first ever podcast. As you turn, I appreciate you coming out. I really do. And um, so we had talked before, Ryan, about sort of your path, and we're going to get to that. But I had this in my head, and, and I was thinking when I was driving here, and I did not want to forget it. So that's why I'm going to lead off with it. When you're on the mound, do you, so you ever watch, are you a movie guy? I love movies. Okay. Yeah. For the love of the game? Love the game, right. All right. right. Clear mechanism? Yeah. All right. Kevin right. Costner, yeah, yes. I love that movie. So you do a thing before you pitch where you, first of all, do you ever see Cinderella Man? Yeah, the, with uh, Russell Crowe. Yes. Right. You remember? Okay, so th- this is actually a better example. Max Bear, the guy who plays Max Bear, when when he's in the big fight with Russell Crowe, and all of a sudden now he's, he's toying around with him, now he's going to get serious, and he gets up and tilts his head a little to the left, 
like like and it's almost like the Kevin Costner clear mechanism. To me, uh, you have. Uh, do you know you do this? I've done it since I was little. Really? Yeah, it's something I. People ask me all the time, but it's just like natural. I thought I was the first to ask. No. Uh, oh no, no. Everybody, everybody's asked me, and it's just. I don't know. I just I've done it since I was a kid. Really? And it's just natural, yeah. I so, mean, I, but at least I'm not seeing things. So, no, it, no, no, no. So when you, so basically when you, when you, it, it's almost like the clear mechanism moment, right? I mean. It's hard to say it's my my clear my mechanism thing because I always do it. I yeah. mean, even walking around or or anything, yeah. anything I do, it, I just I have you it. You tilt your head? Yeah, it, all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, I see. I haven't really seen you walking. Or I've seen right. you on the mound. Right. So it's not just like a. In case people don't know what we're talking about, you just you set and you tilt your head like you just sort of sort of press your ear, your left ear, right left ear against your shoulder, right? I don't know if it's, it might be more yeah. if when I'm on the mound, but in general, I have, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. all the time. Yeah. I like it. I, 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 it's so, pretty funny that you asked me that, yeah. though. I mean, that, I guess I could say that. Yeah, no, but it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like watching you pitch. I didn't know you did it walking around, but watching you pitch, I'm sort of like, that is your clear mechanism. Right. right. I mean, if you're going to have one, that's right. a good one. Right. No, I, was, I thought you were going to ask me because before every pitch, I kind of look up in the stands. Yeah. And I've, I've had people ask me that. Okay. As far as, you know, is that like my, not necessarily clear my mechanism, but is that like my, like in between pitches? My, yeah. And I, I don't really notice it, but I guess if I had one, it would be, I kind of look up in the stands and nothing in particular between every pitch and like take a deep breath yeah. before I get back on the road. So is that conscious? Like is that are you like you don't know that you're tilting your head but do no, you know? I don't know that, but I I try to make it a point between every pitch to like breathe it out or, or get my get my get back in myself right. or, or whatever the case like is. Ricky you know? Bobby lower the heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. So. But um, yeah, I don't I, as far as the head thing, I, it's just since I was a kid, everything I do, I mean, even sitting down or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't, I didn't mean to, uh, to, sur- to surface a, 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 I don't know, something you've done since a kid. No, I thought it was no, a kid. No, no, it ain't a big deal. So, anyway, the first time, the first time I saw you pitch, it was at Hammond Stadium. And I was actually doing, I, was, I fill in the, ra- the radio broadcast, and we do the entire game. And you know how it works in spring training where in those games, most of the time the reporters come down in the sixth inning because everyone's hitting, everyone's hitting the golf course. So we're going through it, and we're, we're having a hard enough time keeping up with like, who's on you know, the other team. And we have, we have usually, by then, this was so mid-March, by then we sort of have an idea of who the minor leaguers are and who, you know, who's going to come in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. And then all of a sudden you show up. And, I'm, and we're, we're scrambling. I don't even know if you had like a name on the back of your jersey. No, I, didn't. no, I don't think so. So talking to Kelly. He said that he talked to you. I think that day you were you were backing up. Backing yeah, up means you're like the fail safe in just case. Just in case pitcher. Yeah, right. we call him Jix. <laughs> just in really? case. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I hadn't heard that. Um, so, so but you show up and you told him. He said, "Listen, I haven't even faced hitters." Like, yeah, you know, I um, when I threw for the you know this off season, I threw a lot of bullpens and on turf. I mean, I hardly getting off of dirt. <clears throat> Went to Arizona to throw for some teams. Threw off the dirt there, and then I faced. Three guys in a in the box that only swung a few times at a deal for the Rangers, like a little tryout thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I hadn't faced any hitters before I got 
In a game? In a game, yeah. That's right. insane. Well, so I, I backed up two games, and then I, I went and talked to um, some of the some of the uh, coordinators, you know, the minor league guys, about I, have, I can't just keep going to back up and not pitch. Yeah. And so they put me in a um, – like a little inter-squad uh, inter game um, yeah. on the minor league side. And I, I faced three or four hitters um, through like ten pitches. And then the next day I was ba backing up again and I pitched in my first game. So uh, did, did, did I obviously, to go back to your history, you've obviously pitched, you pitched in the major leagues before. You were, there were the Angels and you were the A's and you were in Japan. And you had pitched in Japan last year. But was it bizarre like this – We'll get to the story in a second of how you get to this point, but was it bizarre that day? It was a Hammond, it was a Hammond Stadium the, yeah, first the first time. time the first time I pitched, I backed up at the Twins place the first the first the first time without seeing any hitters or anything. And uh, um, the next day, I think was at Hammonds, and that's when I told him, like, hey, I, is there any way I can get a game? Like, I know you guys want me to go back up, but is there any way I can get some hitters? Because yeah. I don't want to go up there and. You know, pitch bat or whatever. Right. And so uh, they agreed, and I, I threw some hitters. And then I think my first outing was two days after that at at Hammonds. Were you worried that? So when you were showing up, what did you call it again? I like that. What? Just in case. Yeah. We call them. They call them jicks. Jicks. Like J I C. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. in case pitchers. Yeah. So when you were when you were a jicks uh, pitcher, and you show up and you're like, hey, I haven't faced a hitter. Were you a little like, eh, I I, I kind of hope I don't get in, or I mean, where I mean, you want to pitch, but Man, still, it was, it was so crazy with the phone call and can they, you know, they say, can you come tomorrow? Yeah. And then I got there and I couldn't even get on the field because of the uh, some stuff for my signing. Like it, I, they couldn't yeah. turn it over that quick or something. And so I sat there for a couple of days and I, I think I was more anxious. Like I, I wanted to get in the game. Mm -hmm. So between the time that the Red Sox call you, fly you to Fort Myers, I assume they paid for your flight, um, fly to Fort Myers, between that time you get that call and when you were in a uniform as an option, as a Jix guy, how many days was it? Uh... Six or seven, I think. Was, was that the first time you'd put on a, like a uniform? Yeah, yeah. When I went up, was it, no. Uh, um, I threw two bullpens before before I went. They wanted me to get off the mound a little bit before I went and backed up. So I threw two bullpens, um, back to back days, and then day off, and then jig. Okay. Now this is a terrible job of going through the timeline, but I I don't care. <laughs> this is this I, I, to think, but to think that, that moment because, like I said, I'm broadcasting the game and I'm just sitting there thinking I don't know we see it once in a while guys like that like who gets dropped in but usually they're gone like I'll give you an example um, this isn't a terrible example but Carlos Quentin remember him yeah I remember Carlos yeah, Quentin yeah yeah so Carlos Quentin was a guy that was going to take a flyer on no guarantees minor league contract he comes in you know by the time third week of spring training is gone but you know we watched him so um, to think where you are now and, and, and to think back, to refresh your memory about that moment, you hope for the best, but is, is it insane to think about? Oh, I mean, I, you know, I tell people every day, like friends and family that text me or call me, and, you know, if you asked me the day they the day before the Red Sox called, if I'd be sitting here doing this talking, podcast. Talking to you and, and, you know, we're ten and a half games up in first place and, you know, doing what we're and, doing. And, and by the way, you're pitching. 
I would not be. I would not. I would have told you I didn't see it coming for sure. Yeah, and I mean, even you, you hope for the best, but still. Yeah, and 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 obviously, I still wanted to play, and yeah. I, I thought that I could still pitch, you know, and contribute to a team in the big leagues. But to be here doing it like right now with this team has been, it's been a crazy ass year. <laughs> See, that's what we should put on the bumper stickers. That's it's been a crazy ass year. I mean, it has. It's it's it has flown by, and I mean, I. I it's been the funnest year that I've ever had. Yeah. And well, how can, how can I mean, you not have fun? Yeah. Obviously, walking into this clubhouse every day, knowing, you know, what we're doing, it's 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 hard to not come in smiling or you know upbeat or in a good mood yeah. or whatever. So now we're gonna do the timeline properly. You, um, you, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Like I, we had talked about the actual timeline of signing the Red Sox. You had worked out as what, a high schooler. I came here in 2007. Um, I went to college for one year, and I signed actually as a catcher. And then I started pitching in the spring. And um, I came to Fenway for a pre-draft workout. And I think there was four or five guys here. And um, yeah, that was 2007. And then I ended up getting drafted by the Angels um, in the draft. Did you think that, I mean, did you have a good workout here? I thought so. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, back then it was pretty much just let it eat. I yeah. mean, I was just trying to throw as hard as I could to get <laughs> to get drafted. I mean, that, you know, everyone that you talk to is like, show them how hard you throw. And so I just, I got up on the mountain and was just, you know, trying to throw 200 miles an hour. So was, that, he, was that in the bullpen yeah, or was it? It was out in the bullpen. Okay, all right. Was it? Did you have any other workouts like that? Like yeah. that? Yep, I went to one for the um, Astros, and I went to one. Which is by, was that the closest to your town? Arlington. or I, li- I live like an hour and a half from okay. Arlington. Yeah, so, um, and I, I did some stuff at the ballpark, you know, before that. Like, they weren't open tryouts or anything. It was like a showcase type stuff, you know, like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I threw for the Pirates, or the only three, or three or four. So you get drafted, and when you make it to the major, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip over your minor league. I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you weren't paid a lot then, anyway. <laughs> um, so you get drafted, you make it to the major leagues with the Angels. When you do that, do you feel like, okay, you know what, here it is. This is, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to make the major leagues, and I'll see you in 12 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I, when I got called up, I knew it was going to be – you know, kind of a short deal because it was injuries and stuff. And, you know, I had a, most guys don't stay up the first time they get called up. So, you know, I was up and down a little bit. And then um, in September, I threw well, you know, and I was excited for spring training the next year, you know, trying to make the team. And, unfortunately, you know, I got hurt and had Tommy John um, right after spring training in 14. So to say that I didn't think about, you know, being in the big leagues for 12, you know, 12, 10, 12, 15 years or whatever, uh, yeah. of course you do. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was uh, – I, I was not even close to the same type of pitcher as I am now. So you go to the A's and spend the entire time in the A's in the minor leagues, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I missed all of 14 and 15 with, with the surgery. Yeah. And then um, I actually signed with the A's in July of 15. And they basically put me through like a spring training, and I ended up throwing like four or five innings at the end of that year, and went into spring training <clears throat> and threw well. I got, I got invited to big league camp with the A's, and um, I threw well. And then I had my the best year of my career uh, up until this year mm-hmm. um, in '16 in Nashville, and I was there all year. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing to come out of the A's besides pitching well was everyone said you looked like Stephen Boyd. <laughs> 
that true? Oh my god, that's so funny. You know, I I, I, che- I cheated I cheated on that one because I saw you walk out of the dugout one time and some guy comes up and said, you know who you look like? And some, I don't know, who, remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you're like, no, no, but people say I look like Stephen Voigt. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, everyone says I look like Stephen Voigt. It's so funny because when I was with the A's, like it was everyone in there was like, we're, they called us brothers and stuff. It was pretty funny. It's true. I mean, it's kind of true though, right? right. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I even the guys in here, Really? Everyone tells me I look like Stephen really? Bell, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. And it's funny because now like people are like, you know who you look like? And I'm like, yeah, Stephen Boat. And they're like, that's exactly what I was going to say. And so it, it, like, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, so at some point you had to move on from that. You did not want to be compared to a teammate any longer. So you, you took your talents to, to the Far East. Uh, tell me why you did that, and I would imagine it was because of money, because of most of the times that's yeah, what I mean, it's about. It was, and I, you know, I came off a good year in, in AAA with the, with the A's, and I actually signed back with them before I signed to go to Japan. And, um, yeah, I mean, mon- the money, you know, what they were offering look, looked and sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know, I went over there expecting to be there for a few years and try to make some good money and um, see what happened, you know, while I was there, if I was going to stay longer or what. And, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, you know, it didn't work out, and now I'm. Well, was it what? Well, I mean, this is this is a cliche question, but was it what you thought it would be over there? Um, no, it wasn't. It, it, the, the you know, uh, the game was a little different. Uh, the way they played over there, and, and kind of, you know, the team I was on, it was a little a little different. You know how teams are ran. So, I had a lot of fun. I did, but um, but I, I wasn't going back. No, either either way. You were, you were actually in the minors there, right? Uh, part of the year, yeah. yeah. I was like half and half. So when you're when you're in the minors there, and like you said, it's half and half. Were you like, oh my, this is not going how I thought it would? I mean, was was there like questions about your whole baseball mortality? Um, no, no, no. I knew I still wanted to play. I knew I could still play. Um. The, the the team I was on, they had the guys that, that they won the league with the year before, and I you know I understood that going over there, and <clears throat> I threw well or was throwing well, and you know unfortunately they had some guys coming back, and they thought that you know they had better options, mm-hmm. and so I went down, and you know I did did my job. Did you did down. you become a better pitcher there? I mean, obviously you've evolved as a pitcher, um, but was there anything you could take out and say, hey, you know what, I was able to figure out this. I know that what the balls are slightly different and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the mounds were terrible. But um, as far as pitching, though, you know, I started working. That's when I started throwing my, my change up, my split change or whatever. Um, and I threw it a lot at the end of the year when I was down in the minor leagues just to try to get a new pitch. Um, I was It was pretty easy pitching in the minor leagues there. So I, I had to, you know, the I was fortunate enough to, to be able to work on some stuff. But as far as, you know, Learning how different stuff or how to pitch different, I didn't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like I want to move on. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, and I was, you know, as soon as the year was over, I was so ready to get home. You know, and my family came for like a month, uh-huh. and um, it was tough for them not being there. And and even, you know, even the little as I've seen them this year, you know, the time, you know, it's not a fourteen-hour time difference, and so I can call whenever mm-hmm. or you know, but. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, that's a big hit. If you don't have the right plan, right. if you don't have the right calling plan, it's like going to Canada, right? Oh, God. The day, did, did you get hit? 
Did no, you? I actually, so they have like these little Wi-Fi devices over there, yeah. and I just got one of those and used FaceTime and, and text message and stuff. Okay, all right. So it was easy that way. I just meant as far as like calling, you know, because noon over there right, is, the is like two in the morning here. Yeah. And so it was it was tough to get to talk to them. And, and so. uh, we, went to, we went to Japan in 2008 with this team. Mm-hmm. What a disaster that was. <laughs> I mean, it was because it took like, it took like half a year to get, you know, like, the back on track. Oh, yeah, I mean it was, it was crazy when I got home. You know, I would I'd stay up till three or four in the morning. Yeah. The first like week I was home just because I couldn't sleep. I was so used to being on the on the Japan time. What? Uh, so you land in Texas? Yeah. Texas. Dallas. Okay. Yep. So you land in Dallas. When was that? What? No, November or October? Uh, October twenty seventh. I was gone nine months of the day. Okay. So I left January twenty seventh and came back October twenty seventh. Okay. So you land in Dallas on October at the end of October. And do you say, okay, this is my plan now. I'm going to work out here, and I'm going to do get ready for spring training. And, and did you ha- sort of have it, a blueprint of how yeah, you I wanted mean, things I, to do? Yeah, of course I did. I mean, i <clears throat> you know, going to take a couple weeks off and then get back at it. You know, I, I, had, I didn't think I'd have as much try. I didn't think I was going to have to go throw for teams. I mean, I thought it would be a little bit easier to get a job when I got back. But, you know, it didn't, yeah. didn't work out like that. And yeah. so um, – as off season, you know, continued and get, got through November and December, I started getting kind of nervous about not playing, yeah. you know, and then even, you know, talking to my wife about what I'm going to do if, if it doesn't work out. And what were you going to do? No idea. Really? Nope. Yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't want to go play indie ball. You know, it's hard enough. You know, two kids and my wife. You know, that kind of money is not nearly enough to to have a family. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my wife works and stuff, but. I didn't want to. I didn't really want to go that way, and I probably I would have went, you know, for a month or two to try to maybe to try to sign somewhere, but I didn't want to go spend a whole year doing the indie ball thing. And then uh, talked about going to play in Mexico maybe in the summer league there, but nothing. I didn't. I was still holding on, holding on. So you didn't. On, so you didn't. Yeah, it's good. You know, obviously it's, you chose to is wise to hold out hope and keep going, but it sounds like too that. Like when you say yeah, I talked to my wife about this might not happen, you know, life is long, and it, it wasn't anything. There wasn't like I want to be, I want to go back to school. I don't want, I want to, I want to. I've always, been, I want to be an architect, or <laughs> you know, not really. I mean, I've, I, 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 th- I, probably subconsciously thought that if I started thinking about not playing, that it would somehow maybe not make me get a job or something, mm-hmm. and. So I, I tried to stay as, as, I don't really want to say positive about it, but I tried to think about playing as much as I could. I mean, I, I didn't want to be done. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your best bachelor party ever. And so you know why I'm, I'm asking yeah, you this. So because we, because the, the most important bachelor party that you have ever attended. Yeah, well, it was, it, it was, it's funny that people keep asking me that. But it, so the, the guy that was getting married for his bachelor party, they actually, him and another friend of mine came to Arizona when I was rehabbing my elbow, and he loved it. I mean, we played, it was the middle of summer and hot, and, you know, we played golf two rounds a day while they were there, and um, it was, it, he had a fun, and so once he said he was, when he proposed to his, his now it's his wife, they got married in April, um, we started talking about bachelor party, and everybody's like, Vegas, and, you know, Mexico to go fishing or whatever. By the way, this is the loudest national anthem rehearsal I've ever heard in my life. This is nuts. This is like, so I, I don't care and we're going to power through this, but still 
It's one thing to do this during a national anthem rehearsal, but and this is the loudest one I've ever. This is like they're basically uh, they're, they're they're pissing on their territory. They're like saying saying we're gonna screw you as much as possible. We're gonna have a woman and a man, not just a group. It's a big group of them. Yeah, it's like oh god, this whatever. Anyway, so you chose you chose Arizona. He he was like, I don't want to go to Vegas because it's you know everyone goes to Vegas and. Um, so we, I was like, let's go to Scottsdale. I mean, and it was perfect weather, and we played um, a couple rounds of golf a day. They have a couple of casinos there, and um, you know, so when we decided that we were going to Arizona, and I still hadn't signed yet, I started talking to my agent, and we uh, emailed all the teams, and you know, like eight or ten showed up to watch me throw, and and we, you know, I I planned it. Because he was getting mar- married in April, and we wanted to do the bachelor party before I left. And we didn't know when I was going to leave or sign or whatever, so we decided to do it in early January. And um, I, I made it for like four or five days after the bachelor party um, to throw. I heard it was rained out, too, the first. Yeah, the first day got Which rained. it never happens in Arizona. And it was crazy because I had a catcher lined up, you know, and it rained out. And so I emailed, you know, I'm panicking because I'm like, well, shit, it, this just ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, I... There is somebody higher than me that just does not want me to play baseball anymore. And so reschedule it for the next day. And um, a couple teams were like, yeah, we can't make it tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so um, I get there, and the kid that's supposed to catch me had to report that day. So I didn't have a catcher. And so I'm panicking. You know, there's a couple scouts starting to show up, and I still haven't had a catcher. And, um, you know, fortunately, and I I appreciate it more than – almost anything that could have happened. I mean, I, I owe a lot to um, Keith Wilson, yeah. the guy that uh, Troy works out with yeah. in Arizona. Um, he was catching some of his players, and I asked him, you know, can I pay you for, like, a whatever it costs these guys to work out in here, you know, yeah. I'll pay whatever it takes. I need a catcher. Yeah. And he was like, man, don't don't worry about it. how much a catcher costs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would have, I mean, honestly, I would have emptied my bank account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would have done whatever it took, but, you know, he was awesome. He was like, man, don't worry about it. You know, I I want you to have success. And and I never met the guy. Yeah. I never met him before that. Yeah. yeah. And he couldn't have been nicer and 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 helping me out. How many uh, How many guys? You said about eight. Eight got eight, eight scouts. scouts were there. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe eight, around eight. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine. So um, we had talked. Uh, I had talked to the Red Sox people and about you know that, well, how they viewed it and they they liked you. They liked your personality. They liked your reports you had with the Angels and everything else. They liked your breaking ball, and you threw pretty well the, at the at the thing. Was was but was there obviously the velocity was the thing when you started back in spring training? Like yeah, oh, we, oh shit! Well, the, the, the the day I threw, I felt pretty good, and um, it, it was my first time off of a, like a good dirt mound, mm-hmm. um, and I was like I think I was like 90, 92, mm-hmm. which you know for a bullpen it's so hard for guys to throw bullpens and, and really yeah. bear down. I mean, you know, obviously it, it, in my situation I had to I had to get a little bit going just because, I, I mean, I was pitching for a job. But um, it's hard to get your, your velocity up and your intensity in a bullpen. And so they told me I was 90-92 and I was kind of bummed out. And one of the scouts I asked, I said, you know, what was my velo? And he told me, I was like, man. And he was like, do you think you're going to be throwing harder? I was like, well, Shit, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. at least I wanted to be. I mean, yeah. I liked to throw a four or five. He was like, "Man, we know." Like, he was like, "Everybody here, they they know you throw hard, and it's yeah. it's not. We weren't here for the velo." So, but you only but 
you know, so a, a month goes by, right? And you don't oh, hear anything. Over a month. Yeah, it, that was like, I think January, like 8th or 9th or 10th or something, 12th. And I didn't, I didn't get a call from anyone until the Sox called on like the 26th or 7th of, of February. So that was, once again, that, that creeps into, well, you go a month and a half, it has to creep into like the same sort of conversations you had when you initially had with your wife in December. Like, what's going on? Because if you don't, as you said, the Red Sox are the only ones to get back to you. Right. And I think I asked this before, like, if the Red Sox don't get back to you, you know, what do you do? No idea. That's I mean, I, I, I was literally scrambling for, for stuff. And, you know, my agent kept telling me, he's like, hey, just be patient. You know, a lot of teams will have guys come into spring training, get hurt, mm-hmm. you know, so don't don't stop throwing and don't stop working out, which I, I never did. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to. But, um, I mean, we, I was going to hold on and, and wait as long as I could until somebody, hopefully somebody called. When did you – now, we've already gone through the, the Red Sox. That when you show up at the Red Sox and all of that, when did you realize, right, really think, like, hey, you know, like, they're thinking of me. They, they are going to give me a legitimate chance. Because one of the things, you know, I'm talking to Gus Quattlebaum about this is this is a good story to tell everybody. Say, you don't have to be on the 40-man roster. You don't have to be drafted here or there. If you're good, we're going to give you a shot. When for you did you re- did really start thinking, I, I'm going to get a shot here? You know, even even in spring, you know, when they told me I was coming to spring training, it was, you know, we need guys to throw innings. Um, you're going to be backing up a lot in the big league games, um, but we don't have a spot for you. You know, you're going to have to pitch to get on a team. And so from day one, you know, I'm full bore going, throwing as hard as I can, you know, you know, trying to make a team. And um, I was throwing well in spring training and uh, still not sure if I was going to be on a team anywhere or get a job, you know, get to go to – you know, I was—I would have been okay going to to Double A. Right. I mean, I just wanted to play, and so luckily I, you know, made the made the team in in Pawtucket, and you know, threw well, and you know, ho- just hoping. You know. So when you get the call, when you get the call, when you're at Pawtucket, you're doing really well, you're closing games and everything else. But when they tell you, all right, you're going up, you're not on the 40-man roster. Was that a surprise at all to you? Um. I don't want to say yes. Yeah. I mean, but but because I was throwing well. But you know how the you know how with that right. business right. No, works. I, no, I I completely understand that. You know, especially, you know, teams like this that you know when they just need a guy for a few days or whatever. And um, so yeah, I was surprised a little bit. Um, I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I, I thought I should have been here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I thought I was pitching, obviously pitching better than I ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, it's always a surprise whenever your manager calls, you know, and says, "Hey, you know, you're meeting the team in Kansas City tomorrow for a day game." Yeah, and, you know, and I'm I'm rushed. I pack a bag, and me and me and Cuevas drove to Boston at two in the morning to get to get to the airport. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait. So how does how's that? You drove to two in the for what? So they called. Bolsey called me at like midnight. Yeah. And said, "Hey, you and Cuevas are going tomorrow to a day game in Kansas City. It was a noon game." Yeah. And so. We go, I go to the field. By the time I get to the field and get my stuff packed, it's one. Yeah. And our flight's at seven. So I'm not going to go home. and I'm, First off, I'm not going to be able to sleep because I'm excited. Yeah. I'm not going to go to my apartment and sleep for two hours and then get up and drive an hour and a half. to. We left from Boston. Yeah. And so we were just – I asked him if he wanted to go. So you were one of these guys in the airport who was, like, was hanging out at, at oh, yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Well, they <laughs> – 
They they actually opened the gates at three. Okay. So we we checked in and we went inside. I lay down in front of the gate until like on the floor until they until they got us boarded. So and someone passed by and said, "You you are going to be the eighth inning setup guy by the time oh. I guess rolls around." No, would not have, would not have seen that coming. What uh, were you when you first saw so you come out? You pitch for the Red Sox. You've been around. You pitched in the melee. Were you nervous? Were were you nervous at all? I mean, this is a big uh, moment for you. Obviously, I mean it's. It's hard not to be nervous pitching here yeah. on a team that's doing this in the the but best stadium in the country. But there's know? nerves, so there's nerves, and there's like the like I remember Sale saying this. He's because now all of a sudden he was throwing harder. Why are you throwing harder? Because how can you not throw harder? You're here. So right. there's the two sides of this. You know, I wasn't really nervous until like I started running in mm-hmm. and like warming up. I was good, you know, running in. And I got about halfway to the infield and kind of you know looked up, and this place is just slammed yeah you know we're winning i think it was like five to nothing or whatever and um i got a little a little not nervous really but like more like butterflies i guess um but yeah after that i was i was good (laughs) and so and as you go along you pitch really well as you go along you're like you know i i feel good i feel I'm, i'm putting words in your mouth but i feel better than i ever have and i feel confident and i belong here and there you go yeah you know i've I don't want to say I felt better than I ever have. Yeah. Um, as far as my stuff goes, it, it's. I mean, I. It's by far better than than it ever has been. As far as stuff goes, you know, the way I body feels and um, stuff like that, I feel the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the way that I've pitched this year has definitely been different, in the than in the past, and especially since I've been up here. Yeah. You know, Pawtucket. It was I was in a transition of. You know, trying to—I don't want to say attack hitters in different ways, but learning how to pitch more effectively with what I have. Mm. You know, used to I used to get really fastball happy, just fastball, 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 and it and it hurt me. And I never—I don't know if it was thick-headed or, you know, I have a good fastball and I'm just going to keep throwing it. Um, but a lot of the stuff that they do here, you know, at the beginning of the year. If you would have thought that I was going to be like a analytical, like talking to Banny about, you know, throwing what pitches and stuff. Right, you weren't that guy. No, I wasn't, yeah. and I and I never and I always thought like, God, oh, that's so that's so that's not baseball, you know. And towards towards the All Star break and in, in, in Pawtucket, I started trying to throw more sliders, um, work on you know hitters counts throwing off speed pitches or whatever it is, and then I get here and Sandy does a freaking awesome job of of calling games and mixing stuff up and. I've never thrown more than I've thrown three off speed in a row in my life, maybe one time. And this year, I've I, and since I've been here in the last month, I've done it three or four times. I even threw four in a row the other night. And Which is that? Is that more of Sandy calling, or is it more of like you said, the banister going banister? Hey, hey, if you do this, this will work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, Sandy, I feel like does a really, really, really good job, and I. All of our catchers, you know, I see them, but they have books on every, you know, every team or whatever. So I, I, every time I go in the game, I'm super confident that, that whatever they're calling is what they want. And, you know, another thing is, you know, I, I used to think that throwing multiple off-speed pitches in a row would hurt me because, I, you know, if it's not a strike, you're like, oh, well, now I'm behind. But since I've been here, you know, throwing, throwing two or three in a row and you get swings on them, even in, in, in hit, you know, behind in the count, ahead in the count. Um 
and it's it, I think it's really it's really helped well, out. That's because everyone's trying to jack out home runs all the time, right? right? I talked to Porcello about that. He said, you know, it's a hundred percent the way guys are swinging now, mm-hmm. and um, with the with the pitch mixes and and you know a lot of the guys, you know, everyone throws hard now. I feel mm-hmm. like, but uh, I, I think the, a big part of my success this year as a whole has been has been trying to throw more off speed pitches. I apologize because I took, I've taken up way too much of your time. So, um, um, but I do want to ask. I'm going to ask you. Ask. This will be my last question for you. But then I, you can. I always offer the opportunity if you want to ask questions. I feel like I can maybe answer questions about I don't know media or whatever. So or whatever, what it's like to take a duck boat tour. I, I don't know, but this you can think about that. So, the way that things are going now. It could bear very well. We could find you in a very important situation on the biggest stage at the biggest time, so forth and so on. I mean, it could be a playoff game in the eighth inning, whatever. What is the been the what is to this point? Maybe this is in little league. Maybe this is in high school. What has been that moment for you where you're like everyone is relying on me? At this is the biggest pitch of my life with a lot of pressure. Were you in a state like tournament game? Um, I mean, I was, but uh, we got run rolled in the state semifinals in high school. I mean, it's probably the other night in Baltimore mm-hmm. with the bases loaded there in the day game. Um, it's the first time I've ever thrown three days in a row um, in my career. Really? Yeah. And, ever? Ever. And so coming in with the bases loaded to their hottest hitter, you know, that it was probably, With the game on the line. With the game on the line, yeah. And we yeah. were up, I think – one or two runs at the time, and um, you know, I, I usually don't show a lot of you know emotion, but I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty excited. He, I mean, he battled his ass off. It was like a ten pitch at bat, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that, I guess it'd be that. I mean, I, yeah, it had to be that. Well, you know, it's that's we don't know how I was gonna this is gonna unfold, but that's the way things are trending. And, and I would, it would, you know, you would like to think that. When you get on a mound to say in New York at Yankee Stadium in a playoff game with that situation, everything you're going to be able to like, tilt your head and clear clear the mechanism. I mean, it's crazy. I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about you know th- even thinking about it. I mean it. I hope that's not you know. I hope you ask me this question in two months and I could give you three or four better than that. Right. Um, but it's uh, maybe it's just maybe it's an evolution. Maybe it's just like you have the moments like you did in Baltimore, and then you're going to have another moment because the way that things are going right now, you're pitching higher and higher leverage situations. So maybe you're working your way up to that. You can never simulate that. What I'm talking about. But. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. You know, and that's why I say I, I hope to have three or four, five, six, you know, unlimited amount of those moments for the rest of this year. Hmm. All right, what do you got? What do you got? Anything? Not to see. This no, is always no. always a tough question. Was it so? Has this? So I'll, I'll I'll put the question in your mouth. I guess is that has this been the scene? So you're in Kansas City and you're in the Kansas City clubhouse, and you know there's some people who travel, whatever. You get the Fenway though, Fenway, and there's a lot of people covering the team and everything else like that. And it's sort of chaotic and it's cramped. And and is it what you, you thought it would be like? And 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 I guess here's another one. Has anyone ever recognized you yet? Um, a little bit around the park, yeah. not not really anything yeah. outside outside of well, the good. area. But um, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be crazy with the media just because of how good we're doing, mm-hmm. and you know, having Mookie and JD doing what they're doing, 
you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of buzz and, and TV and stuff, but um, it really hasn't been as crazy. I mean, it hasn't really been crazy. You know, nobody. It, it's been pretty, pretty easy. What uh, What's your hobbies? Uh, I like to golf. You like to watch movies. Oh, I love movies. Yeah, I go to a lot of movies in the off season. All right, um, favorite movie of all time? Yeah. That is a tough question. Sports movie. Favorite sports movie? Any given Sunday. I love oh, any given man. Sunday. Oliver Stone. Um, let's see. The movie Sixty One. Yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, there's just there's so like we're all the Rockies. You know, a lot of people don't like the fifth one, the one with Tommy Gunn. One of my, probably one of my favorite ones. Really? Yeah, it has the best one-liners of any Rocky. Did movie. you see? So did you see the thirty for thirty on Tommy Morrison? Uh, I think so. About you know his. Uh, I knew the guy story. who played Tommy Gunn. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my dad told me all you know growing up. I knew his story yeah. about him and stuff, but. Um, I don't know if I saw the 30 for 30. Yeah. Are you a big uh, documentary? Document? Not really. Documentary. Not really. <laughs> documentary. No, I don't. I don't. I like the 30 for 30s just because yeah. it's all sports stuff, yeah. you know, for the most part. But it's outside of that, I don't. I don't watch a whole lot of them. Okay. Um, favorite comedy would probably have to be Step Brothers. Yeah. Love. Well, so Rob Riggle. You know Rob Riggle, yeah, the yeah, actor. Yeah. yeah. So we were doing, he came up to the Nesson stage, I was walking off, and I said, I had like one question for him. I said, what's your favorite movie? He's in a ton of movies. Right. I said, Step Brothers. I mean, well, this isn't like Catalina Wine Mixer. Right. I mean, that's right. not a big role, so, I mean. No, I, that movie is so funny. That I, I, it, every time it's on TV, I watch it. Yeah. Um, Braveheart, top of the list. Uh, Gladiator, 300. I mean, I know those are all like the same movie. But, no, no, that's good. That's good. Um, Bad Boys Two. <laughs> I love. Really, it is one of my favorite movies. You, you went, you're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like favorite movies. It's, uh, you, it's fine. It's your favorite movie, but I'm telling you, like, I'm, it's funny because we we did a thing with Ortiz. Uh, this is a while ago. Sean Casey was he carried around a camera and like alright top five movies so Sean Casey ran up to Dave Ortiz top five movies and he said uh, he said uh, he's going down the list and you, you know I can question your movie taste but he was like number one Pink Panther 2 it's <laughs> <laughs> no I man I I love watching movies and me, me and my wife you know for a long time we'd go on like Black Friday to like Walmart and get like the three dollar like new release movies, <laughs> yeah. and we had so many movies. And uh, you know now with technology and stuff, you yeah. don't really have to do that. But like my son and my daughter both, you know they love really? watching movies. And stuff. what's the actor or actress you wouldn't want to meet? Because if you, you you have some cash, you're gonna believe me. You have cachet now. You have you remember the Red Sox? You can do <laughs> things like this. They sit right over there. Right. They, they sit right over there, right right next to the dugout. If if you can meet one one actor or actress, who would it be? I'd love to meet Clint Eastwood. Ooh, better hurry. Oh, I like, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I like Clint Eastwood. Um, actor, actor Matthew McConaughey. All right, he was here. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've right. heard that. I like Matthew McConaughey. Um, Leo. Okay. Be cool. I love all of his. I mean, every movie he makes, I feel like is awesome. See, this is the perks of the job. I'm giving you the perks of the job, <laughs> so that I, I, I can tell you this. I, the only answer I can give you for that question—not even a question—but one thing I can tell you: if you win the World Series here as a, um, <laughs> as, a as, as a prominent member, you can meet these people. That would be so cool. And I tell you, I always forget this movie, but one of my favorites is *Departed*. 
Oh yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's how you knew about Boston, right? Love the Departed. Yeah. yeah. And Boondock Saints. Okay. So. So you, if you want to do the tour, <laughs> no. uh, you haven't you haven't walked around Boston too Not much, much right? No. Yeah. I don't live. I, I live like a mile away. So oh, there you go. You can you can do the Departed tour right. if you That'd like. Cool. Hey man, thanks a lot. I took up a lot of your time. I appreciate it. Your first podcast under the belt. You've done a lot of <laughs> interviews lately, but I hope this was the most enjoyable one. Not even close. Oh, for sure. The easiest right. one. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Thanks, Ryan. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Now you can enjoy MLB Play, the one app with all your favorite free MLB games. Enjoy Beat the Street, Quick Pick, and more. Enjoy competing against friends. Enjoy unlocking exclusive rewards. Plus, your chance to win $5.6 million. Download MLB Play. Enjoy the app. Enjoy the show. MLB Play. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older to enter Beat the Streak, which ends at the conclusion of the MLB regular season or when the grand prize is won. Restrictions apply. See MLB.com forward slash play for official rules. An office party resulting in a half-million-dollar lawsuit. Human remains on display in a hotel ballroom. Just two examples of the stories we'll be digging into on our new podcast, Something Offbeat. I'm your host, Mike Rogers. I've always got an eye out for stories that leave me wanting to know more, and I think you will too. So join me for Something Offbeats on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcasts.